0: Episode 9 of the Prolific Christian Writer Podcast. Today we talk to Christian romance writer Lori Ramsey about her journey in writing over 50 books. Welcome to the Prolific Christian Writer Podcast, where we believe you can change the world with your words. Follow an indie author and pastor and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on how you can honor Christ and change the world by writing fast, writing often, and writing well. I'm your host, Tian Doan. Now, let's get on with today's show. On the show today, we have Laurie Ramsey, who goes by the pen name of Anne Laurel. She is a prolific Christian writer, and she's written in a lot of different genres. She's written Christian nonfiction, inspiration, books for moms, Bible studies. She's written in a series of Western historical romance and even sci-fi and uh, she's a mom of six, and, and it's amazing because uh, she, writes, uh, almost, she writes full-time, um, but uh, she's written over 50 books in her own uh, pen names. but on the side, she even also writes as a ghostwriter. And so we're going to hear her story about how she has been learning this, this self-publishing writer uh, process. So uh, you don't want to miss this, this show. So uh, here's my interview with Anne Laurel, a.k.a. Lori Ramsey. So, uh, Lori, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, the books that you write, and give us a little bit of background upon, uh, about you.
1: Okay, well, uh, thank you for having me on the program. I appreciate that. Um, I write, uh, I have a very active imagination, so I write different genres. Um, I write a lot of nonfiction, or I started out writing nonfiction, Christian-type books and mom-type books. Um, I switched over to uh, writing sci-fi and fantasy for a little while, but um, now I'm focusing on writing Christian contemporary romances. Um, I've got a pen name under Anne Laurel, which I write um, working on a new series there, and um, I'm also thinking about trying my hand with Hallmark romances as well, because I think it would fit in with it. And um, I've been writing for about twenty-three years. I guess I wrote my first book when my twenty-two-year-old was crawling around. That's great. <laughs> and uh, I tried the the traditional publishers because back then I didn't even know what the internet was. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I have enough rejection slips to paper a wall, so I gave up on that for a long, long time. And then uh, the indie author uh, platforms busted out with the Amazon Kindle, and that opened a whole new world to me. So, you know, I'm in charge of my uh, my own stuff now, and, uh, you know, it's what I love to do. I just um, keep trying and, and keep hoping that People will find me and will enjoy my stories.
0: Well, uh, Laura, you've been quite prolific, and I tried to figure out how many books you've written, and I cannot figure <laughs> it out because you got three pen names. And uh, so, how many books ha- have you written? Is it like thirty <laughs> books?
1: More? Um,
0: there might be some cookbooks th- under there too, isn't there? There
1: was a cookbook. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. uh I think I've got like about a dozen nonfiction books. Isn't that terrible? I don't even know the number. About a dozen nonfiction books. I've got um, two sci-fi, two fantasy. I've got uh, 32, I believe, Western historical mail-order bride romances, and now I'm working on the the Christian Contemporary Romance uh, five-book series, and uh, yeah. the first one's on pre-order. And um, that's going to be my main focus until I feel like I've arrived better with it.
0: I- I shot really low, I, so it's it's over fifty. It sounds like it's over fifty books yeah, out there. Yeah,
1: I know. Uh, when I look at my uh, Amazon dashboard, I have to click, you know, to go to page two to see everything. So. Wow!
0: Wow! <laughs> no wonder you you don't know how many. I, I have three kids, and I forget their names.
1: I, I, well, I, I've got six kids, so I de- I definitely my I, I call them everything but their name. You know, yeah. it's like I go down the list. <laughs>
0: That's great. That's great. So, uh, Lori, uh, 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 tell us a little bit about your upbringing and, and how that how that shaped you. And I think uh, you, you, you mentioned in an email that uh, you grew up in uh, California and now you're in Arkansas. Are, are you a military uh, person, military family?
1: Well, no, my father was uh, in the Marines. Okay. Uh, I was born in California. We left there when I was just a year old, and we okay. came back to Arkansas. So I don't even remember California. Um, I've always wanted to go back to see it, though. But uh, basically, I grew up in the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas, um, grew up in a, a Christian home Um I had an active imagination. We lived out in the country. I spent a lot of time walking around outside. I was an only child until I was 19. So I had a lot of time to have my make-believe friends. And I always thought, as a child, I want to write books when I grow up. And uh, it's not what I ended up doing. Uh, I didn't start writing until I was about 27, 28 years old. But um, I finally, I took a course uh, in fiction writing, uh, you know, correspondence course through the mail one time, <laughs> and uh, then it, I did everything under the sun. As far, When the internet came along, I had a retail business. I, uh, I taught people how to build websites and web businesses. I did graphic design and... I finally decided, you know what, these stories are still in my head, I need to get them out. And I just started writing, I guess about 2011, I started writing again. Um, Marketing is not my strong suit, so I, I, you know, I'm just now learning that I'm linking up with some well-known authors uh, who have offered to mentor me. And I'm just now learning that. So I thank God that as long as I have breath in my body, I'm able to do something with myself. I don't have to say I'm too old or whatever and have to just hang it up.
0: So uh, tell us a little bit about when you, you started writing and um, your motivation for that. You said you were 20 something. Uh, you're a new mom. What What was that like?
1: Um, that was pretty wild. I, was, uh, I took the course. but well, Actually, this is before I met my husband. I signed up. I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, before that, I was a finance and insurance manager at a Chevrolet dealership. And I loved my job, but I wanted to do something different. And I was trying to decide between: do I want to become a school teacher or do I want to become a writer? You so I decided to become a writer. And about the same time, I started taking this fiction writing course. Is when I met my husband, and uh, we got married. I was taking this course uh, nine months into our marriage. We had our we got pregnant with our first child. So all through that, I was taking this course. Um, I actually finished the course as my little baby boy was crawling across the floor. Hmm. And I remember thinking, wow, this is so cool because, you know, he's he's met a milestone and so have I. (laughs) And And, uh, and that first
0: book, was it a nonfiction book?
1: It was. No, it was a fiction book. Um, It's actually one I've got out under Anne Laurel. Actually, it was a Christian contemporary romance. But you have to think about this. Uh, This was back in 96 before cell phones. We had a bag phone back then, but cell phones wasn't even a thing. so the story kind of centered around the mystery of not having a phone and not knowing what people were doing, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So now, now they're like, "Oh, it's a vintage story," you know. <laughs> yeah. and like, oh yeah, I guess so. I, I kind of redid it when I hit 2011 and 12. I, I redid the story and and I had the, you know, in the later part of it gave the character a cell phone, but it really kind of <laughs> took away from the story. I mean, people yeah. just don't realize, you know, there's no mystery today. We, we know instantly what people are doing and it makes it a little more difficult to write a good story because you have Facebook and Instagram and cell phones and everything is just instantly done. And You know, I have to stop and think about that now. I kind of miss that, but I don't know if people really care to hear about stories from the nineteen eighties and the nineteen (laughs) nineties. You know, I'm a child of the
0: eighties, there, so (laughs) I remember I I, I got my first email address in college, and I thought it was the biggest thing. Oh, I know. And the only the only time uh, anyone had internet was you know you had to go to the computer center at the college, and everyone was there. So, yeah, Yeah. that's what I
1: remember. Oh, I I was resistant to the computer thing. I graduated high school in 1985, and we had just gotten the computers in my senior year, and I said, I am not doing that. You know, that's not going to be a thing. Uh, but when I got married and my husband had a computer with like the original Windows on it, and I yeah. was so fascinated by the Internet, and I just wanted to learn all I could. And it
0: probably costs as much as a, as a car nowadays. There was like $3,000 <laughs> for a, a computer that is, is slower than your phone today, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. It's yeah. just, it's just uh, amazing how fast things uh, advance these days. But, and that goes for books, too. You know, you write them and publish them and have them covered and marketed all, all yourself. Now you don't have to have anybody else do it for you. <laughs> so
0: so let, let me, uh, um, tell me a little bit about who you write for, who your audience and, and what your writing process is like. I, yeah. Who, who are you writing for?
1: Well, I'm writing for a Christian, obviously, uh, you know, people who aren't Christian, aren't going to like my stuff. Um, So I I write for the Christian audience. For people who like clean, sweet romances, um, all of my books are clean. Um, Although I will say that some of my storylines have what I call raw, real-life conflicts and plots. Uh, The Hallmark books are going to have to be completely, strictly clean But for example, the book that I'm about to publish is about a a girl that became a single mother and what she went through. She didn't know God and, uh, you know, through the story, she she finds God and turns her life around. Um, So a lot of my stories are like that. I like showing how God can rescue you no matter where you are. And of course, I like to put romance in it. So <laughs> there's your Christian contemporary romance story.
0: You know, I, that is absolutely not my genre. I like I like <laughs> thrillers and yeah. people dying and zombies and things <laughs> like that. So you have to tell me a little bit about um, the the romance audience. And um, everyone says the the romance readers are the most voracious. Uh, loyal fans out there, they'll read a book a day or several books a day. So, uh, what, yeah. what is that? Tell us a little about those of us who don't know uh, that market, uh, what that's like.
1: Yeah, they they do. Uh, I'm one myself. I read these romance books and I mean, it's like, don't bother me. I've got to read my chapters. You know, it's for research, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, no, they they do. And they will. If you get a fan, if you're a writer and you get your fans that that love your books and you stop writing, they're going to be upset. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I love about it, because the whole thing in in marketing for this particular audience is building that list of of your fans, that fan base. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they will sustain you because they Mm -hmm. want your stuff. Um, The key is in finding the fans, especially when you're someone that's not well known. Um, I've got a few fans. I've got a little bit of a list, Um, but, you know, I'm not as big as a lot of people. Or it's not, not as big as what I want to be. (laughs) Um, So, but it, you know, it's what keeps you going. It's good motivation. Um, But, uh, you know, and I write, uh, I write the sci-fi too. uh, And I guess that's the same way. I don't know. You know, I I did two books, but I loved writing that too. So those are going to be my hobby books. I'll go back to them.
0: So, in a like in a thriller, there's the there's reoccurring characters like, for example, uh, uh, Jack Reacher. I think he's on 22 books yes. or something like that. And he doesn't yes. have to create that character over. I, I assume in a romance, you can't have the same girl breaking up with the same guy all the yeah. time.
1: So <laughs> right. how do you well, write
0: a, a big series? Is it right. like her cousin, her sister? No, well, like what, what's heard- going on?
1: Yeah, my first series actually surrounds a small community, uh, Valley Springs. Um, The first book is about the pastor of the church and about him falling in love and and his romance story. Um, I write my stories from both points of view, both the, the male character and the female character. Um, In the story, I pepper in what's going on with his congregation, different family situations, different people, different things going on. And then the last of the book leads to the second book, which is two different characters. But the characters from book one is always going to be in the background because it's the pastor and the pastor's wife. Um, And, you know, being a Christian romance, well, church is a big part of it. So, and then each story is going to go through, I mention every character from all five books and all five stories briefly, and uh, I keep the the main characters from the first book kind of heavy in all of them. So, they, they mold together, but you can read book three and never read the others, and you will have a standalone, happy ending book. You know, you don't have to say, oh, I can't read book four because I didn't read book three and book two. It doesn't matter. Um, th- you get more out of it if you read them all. <laughs>
0: uh, I assume when I think about plotting a a novel. You know, there's a climax, there's a resolution. So I assume right. uh, someone is, they're they're broken up or something's happened and then they're getting together at the end. Is that, I mean, is that right. how most of these work?
1: Right. Yeah, these are different. Each one of these, uh, mine are a little different from most people's. I mean, like I said, the first book is about a single mother and she was with a bad boy. Uh, that left her, you know, and she just she's a partier and she's not living right, and she almost has her kid taken away, and and then the whole story is of her realizing she's valuable to God, and realizing that there's somebody out there that loves her for who she is, and that's the pastor, and you know they get together and. Um, the, the conflict is in her swing, kind of wanting to swing back and forth, you know, do I want to live a good girl life, or do I want to go back to being a party or a bad girl? <clears throat> but uh, yeah, and the uh, the second book is about a girl that was in a coma for 11 years, and she wakes up and sees that her life is completely turned around. She wakes up think- thinking she's still 18, and she's actually 29. <laughs> So she finds out that, you know, the love of her life, who was, they were going to go to college together and get married, has moved on. He's gotten married, you know, and, and she has to pull her life back together. And she's mad, you know, she's upset with God for letting that happen to her. And then I show in, in that story how she turns it around. Um yeah, the, each story has a different thing. There's definitely some conflicts uh, if you don't have any. It, it, sounds,
0: it, it sounds fun. That, that sounds like a—I'm a pastor myself. That sounds like a fun church to pastor. I mean, <laughs> I imagine the conversations at the church potluck. I mean, you know, yeah. that's some good stuff right there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he has to take it through. I mean, the, the, one of the books is a girl whose mother—she just graduated college, just got her degree, and her mother was diagnosed with— um, cancer the next day. I mean, so badly. She was hospitalized for six weeks. Her mother had her little sister's four years old. She has Down syndrome. So here's this girl about to start her life and she has to stop because her dad walked out on him. He didn't want to raise a a Down syndrome child. And that book's about her struggles with it. You know, why God, why did you do this to me? Nobody else is going to take care of my mother or raise my sister. And and that, that book shows what she's going through. And, of course, the pastor's there and the pastor's why well, You know, you walk with your congregation through these things. And um, I don't know. I just like to show different situations. It's not the same old, same old like a lot of, I don't know, a formula romances can be. So yeah. mine are a little different. Are, are you respect.
0: what they call a pantser right by the seat of your pants? Or, not or do you really?
1: outline? No, I outline. I am the queen of outlines. Um, I, You know, <laughs> not knowing how many books I've written, I probably have just as many outlined books and novels. And I'm talking romances, uh, Western historicals, and sci-fi. I've got so many different sci-fi worlds outlined that um, – I mean, I've even thought about doing it and offering it for sale, you know, because <laughs> I love doing that um, and saying somebody else write this. I've got it out. But um, I also have a part of me that wants to try the pantsing part and in, in trying to, you know, sit down and just type a chapter and then let the, because characters will take over and they will grow in their own direction of what you originally thought. You know, yeah, but,
0: that's that's dangerous, though, because uh <laughs> I, I ha uh I, I've written a couple of nonfiction books and I have uh some a, a fiction book in the work and I I outlined it, created some characters and then I started panting um just to see what the characters would do and then I just like my main character, uh she has a she just starts cussing and getting <laughs> doing bad things and I'm That's like I gotta good. I just got to put this down or I got to find another pen name or something because I couldn't publish this because I'm like, wow, she's, she's very sarcastic and funny. It's hilarious, but she's, she's cussing every other word. So you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful.
1: It's funny how that can take over. Um, Because that pastor's
0: wife might not, might not, you know, she might change her mind.
1: You never know. They might stop reading you. The guy
0: with the Harley might come back in town and, and, you know, things might happen and that, that it'd be terrible for that little church. (laughs)
1: So. <laughs> Wouldn't be good Yeah. No. what has helped me with the outlining part And I haven't done this as much recently Because I have so many in my head But I will go over the, the story in my head As if I'm watching a movie And I will do it over and over Until I know that story like the back of my hand And it helps me when I sit down I can type 2,000 words an hour with no problem If I know what I'm going to type you know, if I have to sit there and think what happens next, then it's going to take me forever. But um, there's books that I would just type. I would type 150,000 words a month because I already had the books going in my head in a movie. And it's like, OK, you know, and I, I would joke with people. They, I'd be like going somewhere and said, I left my, my, my girl on a plane and she's trying to figure out if she wants to marry this guy. And they're over the Pacific Ocean. I need to get back to her. You know, because it's it's going on in my head. So that's I I really like doing that.
0: So let's talk about your writing process. Uh, Like you just said, um, 2000 words an hour, 150,000 words a month. So uh, what is your writing process? Do you do you uh, have a, a writing habit, a schedule? You wake up in the morning and do this? or ha- ha- Talk about your process.
1: <clears throat> well, actually, right now I'm doing a lot of ghost writing. Um, which so you have more
0: ha- books than the 50 you mentioned?
1: <clears throat> oh, yes. I've written a lot. I mean, I, I ghost write about 60,000 words a month. Wow. Um, that's included in that one hundred and fifty thousand. Okay. I mean, I couldn't do more than that. But um, until my books take off, i'm I'm doing stuff to make an income. You know, and it it helps me to practice and to uh, sharpen my skills. But yeah, I get up. Um, I get up early. I mean, four or five a.m. And I start in. Well, I start in with Bible study first. If I don't give that first part of the day to God, it just doesn't go right that day. Um, I work on. Um, I work on some of my stuff first. Uh, I have a timer. I will do it for thirty minutes, and then I will get up and uh, walk around. I'm homeschooling two kids, and you know, I have to take care of that too. Uh, so I come back, I set my timer, I go 30 minutes, I get up, um, I try to do the, I can ghostwrite 6,000 words in three hours, so I try to knock that out, and then the rest of my time I spend working on my stuff, um, some days I don't write anything for my stuff I'm working on the marketing in or the editing in. Editing's a nightmare for me. I hate doing it. <laughs> I just want to write them and publish them. But, you know, nobody would want to buy them because they'd be full of errors.
0: <laughs> so do you write your a, a pretty clean copy um, or do you have to change a lot?
1: I do. I do write clean copy. Uh, I tried my hand with dictation for a while. Uh, That was a nightmare because the dictation had no clue what I was saying. And when I went back... To edit it, I'm like, what was I trying to say here? I had no clue, <laughs> and so I still have manuscripts that were dictated that I haven't even tried to edit because I'm like, I don't even know what I was trying to say in that story. It was a pretty good story, but you know, basically have to rewrite it. But I do tend to correct as I go. I can't help it um, when I'm do you, typing. Do you
0: do that? Uh, I don't know what they call it, like cycling or something that uh, Dean Wesley Smith uh, he he talks about. Uh have you heard about that process?
1: Like uh, type so many words and then go back and edit? Yeah, <laughs>
0: that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh so yes,
1: that... about fifteen hundred to two to fifteen hundred to three thousand words. I will go back and I will run it through one of my editing programs and I read it out loud, and that really helps. Um, and then I move on because it's not as bad of an editing process at the end. Um, You know, when I finish a book, I find that if I let it sit for a while, a day or two, I don't know, the way things are with people nowadays, if you want to get it out there, you write it, you edit it, you publish it. You don't wait. But if you can wait a day or two, even, you find out that, hey, this is pretty good, or, boy, what was I thinking, you know? (laughs) So it, that, that's all, it's all a process, um, trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping my fingers will hold up on the keyboard because I don't like the dictation part. Even though I was dictating like 6,000 words an hour, you know, five to 6,000 an hour. But if you can't read it afterwards, it's no good. <laughs>
0: So so what part of the the writing life or the writing process do, do you enjoy the most is it is it the outlining the stories or getting the words down
1: Um, I I guess if you ask me what, what I like the most, it's probably what I'm doing at the moment, uh, with exception to editing. I hate editing, but it has to be done. It's a necessary evil, I guess. Um, I won't even send a book to an editor unless I've edited it first, but I really love outlining. I mean, that's probably one of my most favorite things to do. Um, I like writing it if I know what I'm going to write. But if I'm sitting there and I don't know what I'm going to write, uh, you know, that's hard. Um, I find that when I'm writing, I love writing action scenes, uh, trying to think of the boring dialogue or whatever. Action scenes are so much fun, um, you know, so I I really enjoy that too.
0: I wonder if that that's one of the reasons why you – you enjoy, or you can do the ghost writing part because, um, you know, you, you, you don't have to edit that part, you know, you get, right. you're just getting the oh, words that's down. that's
1: true. I don't edit it. He would pay me a lot more if I did, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. And there again, um, the way I outline, uh, I like things really organized and I'll outline something in like five scenes, five chapters per scene. And I will outline each chapter and I will have a goal of 500 to 1500 words per scene. So, I, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm typing, I'm looking at the screen and I'm also looking down at that word count. <laughs> yeah, so is a, is a scene
0: a chapter? Do you cut the chapters really short? I know some authors really, um, you know, they recommend that to keep things moving. It,
1: it depends uh if it's a western historical it's like a thousand words a chapter uh if it the the other books i i try to 2500 words a chapter uh, you know so the the scenes can be bigger or not uh, but now that I'm writing in both points of view I'm kind of mixing up the chapter so that you know part of it's her point of view part of it's his point of view um, and I don't really I don't really stick to a strictness there if, if I go over or under that desired word count I'm okay with it I well- give my What's permission. the average
0: length of your books? You mentioned uh, 150,000 words a month. Yeah, um uh, but, uh, yeah, but, but what's what's the average length of your books?
1: The these uh, Christian contemporary romances I'm aiming for around 50,000. Okay. That's uh, that's a nice small novel. Uh, so my sci- so my fantasy books are like 150,000 words. You yeah. know, they're they're huge.
0: <laughs> yeah. So What's uh, what hurdles have you faced um, in this whole uh, writing life? I mean, what, how have you overcome th- those things?
1: The hurdles I mean, I'm still facing. It's the marketing, and what worked in 2012 doesn't work now. It, that you know, it's an ever-changing, evolving industry. Uh, you know, it's like now it's it's the Facebook ads and the Amazon Marketplace ads. Well, those are, you, you know, uh, trying to figure out, and that's what I'm in the process of doing, trying to figure out how to do that, how to get the elusive BookBub ad, because that seems to propel people's uh, careers if you can get uh, an ad with them. Um, so I'm, I'm actually writing the books and I'm starting the marketing towards that end. Uh, to me, to be able to start getting the book bub ads is what I'm aiming for because that's, I think will help to keep it going. Um, it's not, you get one once and you just sit back and collect the money. No, you have to keep going and you have to write the next book and the next book and, um, you know, it's just a constant thing. Uh, this book that I'm about to publish, I'm not—I'm not putting a publishing date yet. I'm trying to get the second book on there, so the second book will be on pre-order and will be linked in the back of the first book. And that's part of the marketing, you know, to do it like that. And then the second book will go out on pre-order, and then I won't put it live until the third book is done and linked in the back. Um, it's just continuing like that and it's a lot of work. You know, it's not I don't sit around Watching TV all day and you know, I think I'll go write a few hundred words <laughs> It's it's a lot of work. I mean I get up and I run and I run until I sit in my recliner at night
0: <laughs> so uh, What I hear you, you saying with the, your your marketing um, you're producing a lot of you want to produce a lot of content in a in a series and have them really close to, um, you're launching them pretty close together.
1: Yeah. Within six weeks. Um, like for example, Amazon doesn't let you do a pre-order more than 90 days out. Uh, I have better control over what I published. I was with Pronoun publishing on mm-hmm. the iBooks and stuff. Well, they shut down, <laughs> yep. so I had to move everything. Um, I'm I'm actually direct on everything uh, except for iBooks because I have a PC. I don't have a Mac, um, but I can I can do the pre-orders out further. Um, I <clears throat> I really don't. Do you do to-
0: Kindle Unlimited or anything?
1: Uh, I did Uh, at one time. I was a a firm believer in it. Um, They kept changing. You know, they would just uh, all of a sudden they'd come out with a different way they were doing it. And I was making pretty good income at one time with that. And it changed. And it was like overnight, my income dropped because of their change. And I just felt like, you know, I was so limited if if they were going to like me or not. And um, I decided to go wide. And let me tell you, I went wide. I started making more money off of selling on Nook, Kobo, and Google Play than I do on Amazon. I make wow. more money on those platforms than on Amazon now. So that's the still what I Still say. today. Yes. Wow. Uh, so Why do you I'm think
0: a- that is? You're the first person I heard. <laughs> uh say that why do you think that is?
1: I don't know. I just, I talked to many, many authors. Uh, there's two camps, you know, you got the Kindle Unlimited camp and you got the wide camp. And uh, I tried the Kindle Unlimited for several years. It worked really well the first couple. And then it just tanked on me. And I got depressed and I quit writing. I was like, you know, I'm done with this. And then I thought, why am I limiting myself to just this? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um you know, and that's not to say that sometime down the line I might put. Uh, I've got some other books that are a different genre, time travel romance and such that I wouldn't put with the same pen names, and I might try those in in Kindle Unlimited just to see, you know, if it would work or not. Um, but I really, uh, <laughs> making the money I am on the wide markets, I'm I'm a firm believer in in putting them out there, you know, the different markets, because there's there's definitely readers. And uh, the ones that I'm making good money on is the Western Historical Books. Um, they're very heavy Kindle Unlimited authors in the top 100 on Amazon, and I thought there's no way, but Amazon, the, the Amazon, the Kindle Unlimited authors are real prolific with You know, if I wasn't publishing seven, eight novels a month into that genre, I wasn't going to stay on top. And I got I got bored with it. It's like I want to write different things other than the same thing over and over.
0: Is it are those books uh, still in KU?
1: No, no. So you pulled them all out. I pulled everything out. I think I might have one book at the nonfiction that's still in KU. I'm not even sure.
0: (laughs) And what is that pen name?
1: Uh that's Ann Laurel with the western okay. historical. Yeah, and she's the one that I'm writing the contemporary ones as well. Okay. Uh, you know, question
0: Have you um done any uh, um giveaways, you know, perma free books, you know, on the first of the series or anything I like that? I do
1: have a perma free on a western historical. All of my western historical books with the exception of two are in a series of four. I've got one series that I've got a permafree on Amazon is a booger when it comes to ha- making uh, getting them to put a book on permafree I had mm-hmm. the book on permafree with them Through
0: pronoun what pronoun
1: they were with pronoun they uh, well I've got them you know I went to draft 2 digital and pronoun went down yeah. but they're they're still perma free, but Amazon won't match it. The the Amazon started charging the the you know the wow. price for it, wow. <laughs> even though I had emailed them and asked them very nicely. Uh, they said it's at our discretion. We're gonna do it for now, and then they I don't know why they just started charging again. So. Uh, you know, I hesitate to recommend doing that because you don't know if Amazon's going to behave or not. And that's a, that's a tough thing for people wanting to do a BookBub ad on a free book. You know, um, BookBub ads for free books do very, very well if you have a good, uh, if you have a series, you know, that you can sell through the other ones. But, you know, you're at the mercy of Amazon if they decide to raise the price and you got that ad ready and you paid all that money for that ad. <laughs> you know, that's tough. So I don't know that I'll ever try a free ad with BookBub. I would probably charge, you know, do a 99 cent or
0: something. Do you have uh, a mailing list? Have you been trying to collect uh, people's emails? and?
1: Yes. Yeah. I've how got do you do a that? Mailing, um, I've got, I did a giveaway. Uh With uh, through a, I forgot the company name. InstaFreebie. No, uh, Authors XP. Mm -hmm. Is that what it's called? Uh, Yeah, I did a I did a giveaway, a couple of giveaways through there. Was
0: it a uh, a bundle?
1: Like a box set yes, with some other I was, authors? Yes, I was in a bundle. Uh, it was me and about 40 other <laughs> authors or so, or maybe 10. I don't remember. <laughs> That's a big, wide difference there. But, yeah, it was uh, uh, the people who entered it knew that, that they were going to be put on my list. So I've got about close to 2,000 people on my list on all of them. Um, I've got three different lists for the three different names. So I've got, you know, I I mean, it's not, it's not bad, uh, I have um, I've got big authors with big lists that have offered to do newsletter swaps with me when I get this book ready to publish. So I'm excited about that. Um, that's a big help too. If you can get in with a big author who has a big list who will help you. you know, and then and then you have to think, okay, when I turn my writing around, I'm going to turn around and extend a hand to somebody or somebody's you know, up-and-coming authors and help them out. So, you know, we're not in competition because people read and read and read. You know, they don't read and say, okay, I'm only going to read this person and this book and never read another book again, you know. So you have to look at helping your fellow author out. It's it's just – it helps everybody. It's a win-win situation. Uh,
0: I want to ask you a question about um – what you know the your message to the world and specifically uh christian romance like why why is christian romance important
1: uh for me i just wanted i want to show who god is um and since i'm an author (laughs) you know what better way uh That, that to me, is just a platform, and like I said, I like to show how God can come into the stickiest of situations or the hopeless situations and, you know, work his magic. Um, Even in my science fiction books and my fantasy books, I have a big part of that. Uh, My science fiction novel has angels in it. Um you know, so <laughs> i I can't seem to get away from it and I don't want to get away from it. um I've tried writing you know what you call secular books and it just I don't know I just didn't like it. I didn't feel right about it and i I decided to abandon that and just go where my heart is and uh, there's a big market for it. there's people that uh they want it they're hungry for it so. That's what I'm
0: going for. So, you, you've been at this for a long time. You've um, been diligent, you created a lot of content. Yeah. Um, I'm sure sometimes you experience uh, resistance and discouragement. And so, so how do you, how do you deal with it? And just think about the person who's uh, maybe just getting started, and you know they're discouraged. I mean, I, like, yeah. what have you learned that would help someone else who, who who's getting well, started on this journey?
1: I would say I am my own worst enemy. Uh, thinking, what do you, mean, you know, by that? well, I write it, and then I think I am no good. You know, I have, I have no business. I couldn't even get a traditional publisher to publish me, but they don't publish anybody hardly. So. <laughs> I realize that now because I know so many um, started out with nothing and they worked their way up and they've done very very well. If you write, if you have a passion for it, don't stop. And it and it's not an overnight get rich quick success. You have to work hard. You have to make up your mind. You're not going to go, you know, I don't feel like writing today. Nope, it's your job. Think of it as your J-O-B job, and you will eventually make it. I mean, unless you're just terrible, 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 and hopefully somebody you love would tell you that if you are. But if you if you love writing, I don't think that you are. I think if that's what you want to do, then you have to say I'm going to do this. And if even if you don't feel like you're doing a good job, learn it. There's so many tutorials, uh, grammar. You know how to how to write better. Just read anything and everything you can on that. Improve your skill. Take. Uh, t- Online classes, there's paid ones, uh, books. I mean, oh my goodness, I have so many books in my Kindle library on how to write, how to market, you know, how to do this. There's no excuses that a person, if they're determined to do it, they can do it. But don't expect it to happen overnight. You have to work it. You have to give yourself time and uh, that you also have to treat it like a job.
0: That's great. That's good advice. Um what have you learned about the self-publishing business and this is kind of it's kind of interesting uh but I you know there's this idea and, and you even said it that that um you know traditional publishing mm-hmm. it, you know if you can't make it uh in traditional publishing um you know then only the people who self-publish are those lesser quality people who you know th- who haven't made it who who couldn't make it And, you know, there's a lot of that. People think that way. Um, And I actually think Christians um, are even more slow in adopting the whole self-publishing world. So what have you learned about about being an independent author and the self-publishing business?
1: Yes, you are very right about that. Um, I have tried to get in with some uh, writer groups that were Christian. Uh, not all of them, but there's some. And they were very into the traditional publishing. Oh, Harvest House picked me up, or Thomas Nelson picked me up. And who's doing you? I'm doing my own. <laughs> so it made, you, it made me feel less, you know, like I couldn't do what I was wanting to do. Um so <laughs> I I just had to realize I had to pull myself away from those people and that mindset. Um, if you look, there are many indie authors who are. I mean, it's not that okay. If you're an indie author, you're not any good. If you could, if you couldn't get a traditional publisher to take you, there are so many indie authors that have made the New York Times best selling list, the USA Today best selling list, who are in the top one hundred. Uh, overall or in their categories that are strictly indie they've never talked to a traditional publisher and they do just as well so i really think that people need to realize that you know that just because you're indie doesn't mean you're inferior um there's a lot of traditionally published authors who have gone away from the traditional publishers and gone indie um so I, I just tend to focus on that. I don't even try the traditional publishers. I will try Hallmark because I, I just want to see, you know, what could come of that. But, um, it, you know, surround yourself. There are so many indie groups out there, Christian uh, or just, you know, regular uh, that you could hook up with. And people are so nice and so helpful. That you can learn the ropes yourself. That you don't have to have that traditional publisher to back you up or to be somebody.
0: What, uh, what has been the most helpful writing advice uh, you've received? And maybe on the flip side of that, what, what has been some of the advice you received that, that was bad advice, you know, least helpful?
1: Um, I'd say that the most helpful to me is to uh, just do it every day. If I feel like it, if I don't feel like it, get up and do it. Treat it like a job. Like I said, if, if you want to be a full-time author, then you need to be a full-time author. You need to step into that role. If you have a, a job doing something else, you have to carve out the time. Um, like I said, I ghostwrite uh, three hours a day, so I'm not a full-time I am a full-time author, but, um, you know, you have that. to me, though, the best advice is you want it to be a full-time job, then you've got to treat it like a full-time job. The worst advice is somebody will say, okay, you write that first book, put it out, and if it doesn't do well, give it up and, and do something else. If you write that first book, you publish it, and it bombs, well, you look at it and say, what did I do wrong? how can I improve ask people to read it and tell you what's wrong with it and you keep on trying keep on improving your skill your storytelling ability you know your editing process or whatever um, don't give up you know just if that's what you want to do don't give up
0: have you um, seen improvement from like you, you mentioned that you re-edited your, your first book uh, what was that like have you did, did you notice Um,
1: your improvement? Yes, I can tell. Uh, What's awesome for me is I've got uh, my editing programs that I use. Um, and i try to learn from that i try to learn from when i have a proofreader and an editor and they send it back and they show me i try to think when i am writing another book the next book okay now wait a minute you know i was comma happy here or wasn't comma happy enough or (laughs) you know uh, as you go if you if you're open to it you can improve your skill One thing about me is when I'm reading a book, I have to be careful when I'm reading a book to take my editor hat off because I'll be reading somebody else's book and I will start finding mistakes, grammar errors or whatever. And I mean, even traditionally published books, indie published, there's mistakes in all of them. There are no perfect books out there. And I have to tell myself, okay, you're not editing this book. You're reading it for entertainment. (laughs) So, but, you know, that's just, that's how I am. Um, And I just, I find that, that um, as I go, I improve, you know, uh, you just, you have to be open to that criticism and that is, is still a hard thing for me. I don't want someone reading my book and telling me, you know, you had great grammar errors or you misspelled these words or you know, your, your tenses were wrong. It's like, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear how awesome it was. (laughs) So, but you need to learn how to take that criticism and, and then you need to learn from it because that's, that's how you improve.
0: What, uh, what are your goals for, uh, the, the coming year of writing and even the business?
1: Yeah, I've been sitting here, (laughs) before I got on here with you, I've been thinking, you know, I've got an outline. Because people are, and that amazes me, they'll make a calendar, uh, you know, what they're going to publish and when for the next year. And I'm thinking, I have no clue, because it depends on how much I can get done in a day. But I realize, though, I, I want... You know, I want to, ideally, I would like to publish a book a month, but I'm, I'm giving myself the grace of every six weeks. Um, I have to push myself. So I'm thinking, you know, if I could publish four to six novels in 2018, I'll feel like I have accomplished something. That's on top of the ghostwriting I'm doing. That's on top of the graphic designs that I do. Um So, uh, you know, some people can publish uh, two or three novels a month. And the more you can publish, obviously, the better you can do quicker um, if you're learning from your mistakes as you go along. And if you're improving, you know, yeah, I could I could publish these books right now, a bunch of them, and they wouldn't sell well because they need to be fixed, edited and stuff. So, but that's that's my goal for 2018. If I can do four to six books in 2018, I will think, okay, I've done good this year. You
0: D- you mentioned uh, graphic design. Uh, do you mm-hmm. do your own covers?
1: I sure do. <laughs> uh,
0: they're quite nice, well, uh, thank you. especially the 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 western ones. It's not my genre, uh, but right? those are though. It's very nicely done.
1: Yeah. And, I
0: think- yeah, do you do you uh, freelance? I mean, you, you do ghostwriting. You do covers I, for people, also. I,
1: I do. Um, in fact, I just did a cover for a guy. Uh, I've done two for him, and he he kind of came back to me. and said, "You really should offer this to the public." And I'm like, you know, I don't have time, but it, I I have time to probably take on a couple. You know, a month. Um, I love graphic design. I learned it back in the early 2000s. I took like six months of graphic design classes um, I'm, I'm getting better and better at did you see my sci-fi covers I've had a lot of compliments on those yeah too.
0: yeah it, it looks yeah it looks uh, you know it looks like those uh Kutharian gambit uh, ones yeah. you know that's uh, that's yeah. changing the world and making millions of dollars it looks yeah. just like them so uh,
1: yeah yeah uh,
0: well let's uh, I want to uh, give you an opportunity just to uh, share about um, your new project how people could get a hold of you and it sounds like you have a couple of side hustle jobs you do ghost writing you do some cover design and, and maybe people yeah. um, uh, you know uh, uh, if they need a ghost writer or a cover designer maybe they could contact you there too so tell us a little bit about uh, you know your website your, your new um, project that you're working on and how people could get a hold of you.
1: Yeah, well, um, of course, my my project, uh, my my current book project is under Anne Laurel. You can find me on my website annlaurel.com. laurel uh, The the book I'm going to publish by the end of the year or the first of the next year. Um, that's where you can find all my Western historicals. Now, I will say my my craft is improving. I think the uh, contemporary romances are going to be better than the western historical um but it depends on who you ask because i got fans that love my western historical romances so <laughs> um graphic design i actually a couple of weeks ago opened an etsy shop um i've actually right now i've got it full of coloring pages that i designed on my photoshop um I've actually designed a couple of coloring pages for another author who is going to print the uh, coloring page on cardstock and give it with her subscription boxes. If she sells a subscription box, like when she has a new book, uh, her fans can buy the box for like $35. They get an autographed copy of her book and some goodies. And she's going to include these coloring pages, which I incorporated her author name in on the page. Um, I'm also going to I'm also going to put some pre-made covers Uh, it's a more uh, inexpensive way of getting a decent book cover if you can't afford to pay for the full package on the Etsy
0: on the Etsy shop
1: yes um, what's the name of the store there Okay, it's Mama Bear Doodles. It's M A M A. Wait, oh, you know I don't even remember how I spelled it. Isn't that awful? Let me look. M A
0: M A, Mama, or it's
1: M O M M A, I think. Okay. Let me let me pull this up. I know that's terrible. I don't know.
0: Well, we'll we'll Um, uh, I'll make sure it's correct on the in the show notes. People could get a hold of you. And they your covers look uh, quite quite nice. So want to encourage that. Uh, so what is the name of the new series? You got a n- name yet of the new series?
1: Yes, it's a Valley Springs. It's on my Ann Laurel website. It's the first uh, thing you see when you log into that website. You can click on it. You can see the book covers for all five books. And um, Embracing Hope is the first one. And it's going to be li- live here in a couple of weeks um embracing life will be the second one and I hope to have it out by by the middle of February if not sooner um
0: well, I wish you good luck on this uh, new series and uh, w- I'm gonna uh, keep track of you guys just learning about the the business. I'm pretty intrigued about uh, all the different things you're doing and, and how you can be this uh, productive with, uh, with uh, all those kids you got running around also. Yeah. <laughs> so but uh, thank you for for uh, spending your time with us.
1: Well, appreciate it. I really do. And by the way, it's Mama M-O-M-M-A Bear Doodles on Etsy. I just
0: Great. Mama Bear Doodles. I'll have that in the show notes. So okay. thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll follow up with you and check in a little later, see how the new series is going.
1: All right. Thank you okay. so much for having me on right. here. God bless. You too.
0: Thanks for listening today. We hope you found it helpful. If you like the show, please help us spread the word by subscribing to the podcast or by leaving a rating or review. You can connect with me on my website, tndone.net, where I have lots of helpful resources available to you for free. My website is tndone.net. That's spelled T-H-I-E-N-D-O-A-N.net. See you next time. And remember, you can change the world with
1: your words.